Kia ora and welcome to this episode of The Amateur Austenite. I'm Frances Duncan, an author and the founder of the Jane Austen Society of New Zealand slash Aotearoa. My special guest today is Emma. Hello. And we are going to be discussing Letter 36 of Lady Susan by Jane Austen. Letter 36, Mr. DeCourcy to Lady Susan. Hotel. Why would you write to me? Why do you require particulars? But since it must be so, I am obliged to declare that all the accounts of your misconduct during the life and since the death of Mr. Vernon, which had reached me in common with the world in general, and gained my entire belief before I saw you, but which you, by the exertion of your perverted abilities, had made me resolve to disallow, have been unanswerably proved to me. Nay more, I am assured that a connection, of which I had never before entertained a thought, has for some time existed, and still continues to exist between you and the man whose family you robbed of its peace in return for the hospitality with which you were received into it. That you have corresponded with him ever since your leaving Langford, not with his wife, but with him, and that he now visits you every day. Can you? Dare you deny it? And all this at the time when I was an encouraged and accepted lover. From what have I not escaped? I have only to be grateful. Far from me be all complaint and every sigh of regret. My own folly has endangered me. My preservation I owe to the kindness, the integrity of another. But the unfortunate Mrs. Mannering, whose agonies while she related the past seemed to threaten her reason. How is she to be consoled? After such a discovery as this, you will scarcely affect further wonder at my meaning in bidding you adieu. My understanding is at length restored and teaches me no less to abhor the artifices which had subdued me than to despise myself for the weakness on which their strength was founded. Ah, de Corsi. Well, he's pissed. I had to stop and take a breath. That was a lot. <laughs> so again, no greeting. And just the straight out article no adieu at the end. And those outraged questions at the start. There are a lot of questions in this. Why would you write to me? Why do you require particulars? Can you can you deny, deny, it? deny it? How is Mrs. Mannering to be consoled? Obviously all just the fucking audacity of you. How very dare you is every single question. Completely rhetorical, obviously. It's interesting that he did choose to answer her. So he could have chosen not to write this. Yeah. I mean, we're glad he did. Because it was a fun one. Yeah, and we want Lady Susan to be busted and told so. He was very circumspect in his previous letter. He was talking around topics. and this one, he's right on the head. You had an affair with this man. You're still having an affair with this man. We are engaged. An encouraged and accepted lover. You encouraged this affection between us. You accepted my proposal. All the time carrying on an affair with someone else's husband. And this poor woman, the agony she was going through as she told me about this. It's threatening her sanity. Do you not actually care? I love the phrase, your perverted abilities. Such a good line. Well, it is because she does have amazing abilities. She's using them for evil, but they are still amazing. 
could be used for good. Mm. He also refers to her artifices, which subdued him. But he puts blame on himself as well. He despises himself for the weakness in him that she manipulated. She saw that in him and from that built her whole manipulation. So hopefully in the future he won't allow such a thing to happen again. Well, we can only hope. I actually want him to say more about Mr. Mannering because he refers to it as a connection. You corresponded with him and he visits you every day. I understand that given the strictures of the time, he probably can't say, you're fucking him. But he still kind of talks around mm. the point a little bit, actually. I take back what I said earlier. that he, he is more to the point than he was in the previous letter, but he is still talking around the point a little bit. Well, Jane Austen is the daughter of a clergyman. Maybe she couldn't bring herself to write it. But considering the material in this novel... That's true. There's not a lot she can't bring herself to write one way like, or the other. I'd love a modern version of this because Lady Susan is such a modern woman. But the restrictions placed around her... Makes a lot of the story. Yes. It is what makes it good because she's railing against the restrictions that society has placed on her. I think that's part of the reason we champion her, even though she's absolutely horrible. But we're like, yeah, make some power for yourself in a world where men want to take it all from you. It's not that that's gone away completely. Um, but some of her actions would not be justifiable. Well, yeah, her actions just aren't justifiable, but they make more sense as a reaction to her situation than they would now. He's attributing his rescue to Mr. Johnson. In his integrity. The first thing is misconduct during the life of Mr. Vernon, her husband. That's something we haven't had confirmed before. No, we've had Reginald and his father in letters refer to something that she's done when her husband was alive. Dissipation and uh, spending a lot of money. and I can't remember the exact words mm. that I used. But we never got any particulars. Well, now it's been unanswerably proved to me. That can only have been unanswerably proved to him by Mr. Johnson, I think, because how could Mrs. Mannering have unanswerably proved things that happened during Lady Susan and Mr. Vernon's marriage? Whereas Mr. Johnson, as husband of her best friend, would know what was going on and could say, yep, she was slutting around when she was married too. She just hasn't stopped. And since the death of Mr. Vernon as well, so in her widowhood. And he also, a little further down, my preservation I owe to the kindness, the integrity of another. And I was wondering if he could have been talking about Mrs. Mannering then, but then he moves on to say that the unfortunate Mrs. Mannering um, has her reason threatened, so it's clearly Mr. Johnson again that he's talking about. So when we were talking about why was Mr. Johnson being interfering? Clearly, Reginald sees nothing amiss and Mr. Johnson being the one to intervene. There's some kind of gentleman's code, presumably, that means that 
that was the right thing to do. It's a risky move, though, because so often the messenger gets shot. People don't tell other people that their partner is having an affair because they don't want to get blamed for it. And it does ruin relationships. And I think if you're monogamous, if it's agreed that you're monogamous, you should be monogamous and you should be willing to risk your friendships for the good of your friends to tell them what is going on if their partner is not being monogamous as agreed. That's an interesting question. I don't think that it's always so black and white. Let's go on a maybe a softish. Generally, that's true unless there are strong extenuating circumstances that I can't give you an example of on the spot. A very Lady Susan of you. <laughs> <laughs> I like to keep my escape clause. Excellent. But yeah, I think part of being a good friend and a good person is being willing to risk a relationship with someone to be honest with them about something that you think is for their own good. Like This is something that people do when they have interventions, when people are doing drugs or alcohol. They're like, we love you. This is not okay. We want you to be well. Different things because it's their actions as opposed to somebody else's actions, but it's risking the relationship because it's entirely possible that person will cut you off and continue their relationship with alcohol or other substances rather than keep you around. I guess I keep my little grey area, not with regards to alcohol, but then it's the friend's value system. So mm-hmm. you're making a judgment about what is and is not acceptable based on your value system, but that may not be the same as your friend's. Oh no, that's the thing. That's why I'm like, if it's a monogamous relationship, not everybody has a monogamous relationship, and if you're friends, you would know, presumably... You have to be very certain. Mm. I saw your husband with a woman in a bar. It's very different, isn't it? Because it could be a collie. You're just having after work drinks. That's true. You can then create the argument that breaks up a relationship, even if it's not entirely innocent. Even if that person's partner was thinking, God, my 20-year relationship has gotten boring and actually I am attracted to this person. I I wonder if I would have an effect and then backs off at the last moment. And that thing wasn't going to be an infidelity. But you caught them just at the moment when it could have been. Yeah, you're right. Lots of shades of grey. But I would hope that in a healthy relationship that the couple were able to talk about things and say, I felt an attraction to somebody. I didn't do anything about it, but I felt an attraction. I know that's hard because jealousies and stuff. So it turns out that Reginald had absolutely no idea about misdemeanouring. So Lady Susan had completely hidden that. Connection of which she had never before entertained a thought has for some time existed. Wasn't he the one that told Mrs Vernon about it? Didn't he say she seduced Mr Mannering and seduced Sir James at Langford? I was sure that Reginald had been the one that said that. So why and, is he acting so yes, surprised? And did say... That she explained it to him in the shrubbery. And she explained it to him that mismannering was jealous. It was a jealous story of mismannerings. Not only has she stolen Sir James, but also someone's husband. She's that bad. I mean, I get that. 
You would do that. He's stolen my boyfriend and someone's husband. From what have I not escaped? I have only to be grateful. Life with you would have been an utter misery. You would have continued these affairs and doing whatever the hell you want with no consideration for other people. Because that's the thing. It's consideration for your partner. She is not considering anyone else except her own wishes. It has, in fact, made it much easier for him to have a broken engagement. He's not having to sigh over what he's lost. He is able to say good riddance to bad rubbish. The worse she is in his eyes at this moment, the better for him. Yeah, I mean, you kind of wish that breakups would go this way. Because even if you're an initiator of a breakup, it still hurts. You want to be able to see the bad in the person and maybe forget about the good, so it doesn't hurt. Yes. And it's also probably easier to have the whole relationship being an illusion than to have had some good things that were overshadowed by the awful things because your heart will hold on to the good things. Whereas for Reginald, everything was a lie. And you would be questioning everything, your own sanity. He says, my understanding is at length restored. My understanding meaning my sanity, basically. I've been nonsensical to believe everything that you said. I think that's more proof that Reginald truly was in love with her because that is what that first rush of love is like. It does do very odd things to your reason and your logic. You will certainly believe the best of that person and they're all you think about. I really feel for people during this period, it's hard to know whether someone's marrying you for your money or your title, one, and two, it's hard to know whether it is love or just lust because you've never had sex before, Uh, and three, it's hard to know who someone is because you have very public dates, and four, you may be in love with someone, but it's still very early days, and you don't have the length of time to really settle into the comfortable love. And you may think that love's always going to be at that height, but we know that it settles. You're not always on that high. But they did have the opportunity to read Jane Austen's novels in which (laughs) many long-standing relationships are represented with many negative outcomes You could read all about Mr. and Mrs. Bennett's relationship and Mr. and Mrs. Price and, well, almost all of the long-standing relationships in Jane Austen's novels as cautionary tales about marrying the wrong person. The Crofts and the Gardeners are Mm. kind of the only real happy couples, which is sad probably indicative of what she saw that there were a lot of not great couples but on the other hand it's funnier to have mismatched people together it works better for her novels and gets more laughs well yes they are entertainment novels to read extensively about happy people to whom nothing happens i mean i prefer happy people though but but happy people have to go through some struggles I can't everyone just be happy. 
Mm, no, I was going to say that would be a fairy tale, but actually fairy tales involve really parents betraying you and starvation by a witch or similar. Yeah. Imagine the kind of book that Lady Susan would write. I would read that. She wouldn't take the time, wouldn't have the patience to write a book. She'd get a ghostwriter and then take all of the publicity herself. Nope, I wrote this. How dare you say such things about me? A new frock for each appearance. Oh. She would love the talk shows. Mm. And now, Lady Susan, I hear there's drama in your real life. Wow. Funny you should ask. <laughs> Is Lady Susan going to take this letter lying down? Ooh, tune in next week. <laughs> And that is our discussion of letter 36 of Lady Susan by Jane Austen. I'm Frances Duncan. This has been Emma. Links to the socials are in the notes. Thank you for listening and we wish you happy reading. See, one time I was recording and I mixed up the Jane Austen and Lady Susan bit. <laughs> We're discussing Jane Austen by Lady Susan. Just popping back in to let you guys know that we have merch now. I haven't actually got merch with my face on it. That seems a little weird to me, but if you really want it, let me know and I'll do that. There's merch of the Jane Austen Society of Aotearoa New Zealand's logo, uh, some Jane Austen merch, and some Pride and Prejudice heavily Pride-focused merch too. It's on Redbubble and the link is in the notes. Happy buying!